Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ah, yes, he is, ladies and gentlemen, along with your Pratt Pack. And again, we'll take the 10th caller to kick off the first show of the new year at 412-922-1020. And that person wins a gift certificate from Sorgles. It's just time to dive in. And if you have a question or two about gardening needs and wants and hopes and dreams, 866-391-1020 to join Mr. Oster. And he is live with us right now on the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Happy New Year, Douglas. Happy New Year, Rob. Who would have think? 2021, back in 1973. Didn't you think we'd have flying cars by now? Oh, wait, maybe we do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was quite a year, huh? Yeah, it was. And, it was real, and, a crazy year. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad I had my garden to hang out and I posted something yesterday on Facebook just talking to people about how they use the garden as, as a therapeutic tool, place of solace. Uh, and, you know, so many people got more garden work than done than ever, and, I, and I'm one of them. Uh, you know, thinking about the new year, I, I was looking around uh, online, and I'm going to try a couple new varieties this year. But I don't have a gardening resolution. Uh, later on, Mrs. Know-It-All, she's going to tell us her garden resolutions. I think I'm going to write them down and see if we can uh, check back with her in July and see if she actually did them. Uh, but uh, I found some stuff at Kitchen Garden Seeds. It's called John Sheeper's Kitchen Garden Seeds. And I, I've grown some stuff from them before, uh, and I've had really good luck with it. Uh, again, I'm not a paid spokesman for them. This isn't an ad. This is just stuff I'm doing. So I really became obsessed with arugula back in, I think it was 2006. My wife and I went to Italy for our 25th anniversary, and I saw in Kitchen Garden Seeds they've got a, a new variety of arugula called Red Streaked Arugula, and it's one of the wild varieties. I like the wild arugula. It, it basically grows like a weed, but I love the peppery flavor of it, but one that... Uh, has those red streaks it, it'll start off green and then when things warm up you'll get red streaks in the uh, the margins and i think that sounds pretty cool ready in as soon as 20 days and uh you know 20 to 40 days quick to grow be good for early spring uh the other thing i saw in there is uh, they have a, a new pole bean bean called monte cristo and it's the cousin of one I grew from them last year called Montegusto. Montegusto is the yellow variety. And uh, I had posted about that, posted that I was going to talk about it today on Facebook. And another gardener that I know, a master gardener, actually, she just said that, like me, Monte, Monte, Monte Gusto 
the yellow beans just went absolutely crazy, more beans than we could eat, and she had the same experience. So I'm, I'm going to try that along with the Monte Gusto, the Monte Cristo pole bean, and see if I get as many green beans. And then there's a spinach that has a French name. Uh, and so I had to. I posted that. I said, can someone tell me how to say the name of this spinach? And here, here is the crazy name. Uh, the pronunciation is Monstro de Verole. So Monstro is M-O-N-S-T-R-E-U-E-U-X. <laughs> That's Monstro. So uh, this is pretty cool spinach, though, you know, from a catalog description. That's all we have is a catalog description description on some of these plants. Um, I love heirlooms. So this is an heirloom that dates back to 1866, a French heirloom. Uh, and it has pretty big leaves, 10 inches tall and two inches wide. Grows quick. But the thing that I liked about it when I saw the description, bolt resistant, no matter how big you let it grow, its leaves stay tender, mild, and delicious. So I'm always looking for a spinach that might last a little longer out in the garden. For us, uh, many times we'll start our spinach early in the season, April, <clears throat> excuse me, and then it gets hot in April for three days, and they'll go to seed, which is called bolting, and then the leaves are, are bitter and inedible. So if there is uh, uh, a bolt-resistant variety, I'm always trying them. I do, I do love uh, that spring spinach. I have better luck planting spinach in the fall and then overwintering it with some protection. I've got some stuff out there. I, I posted a few pictures yesterday. Uh, some of it's just covered with some wire hoops with 3 mil clear plastic, which was just a, uh, a drop cloth from the hardware store. Some of it I've got these plastic, uh, about 2 foot by 2 foot, and then 1 inch deep. Uh, they, they were... Part of a, uh, they covered lights in a factory, so I got like 50 of them when they redid their lights. A friend of mine works at the factory and said, you want these for planting? I'm like, yeah. Some of the stuff's growing in cold frames. I've got lettuce and kale and mustards and mizuna, and the cold frame is just uh, an unheated greenhouse out in the garden. And so we'll see how everything does. Depends on how the winter, winter, you know, how cold it gets to see if this stuff thrives it's going good so far you know we've had some cold temperatures i was in the greenhouse i got an unheated greenhouse and i couldn't believe it i still had uh, some hot peppers uh, one it's just called italian that's all i know about it and i could not believe that they were still there after how cold it got it's a little warmer in the greenhouse but it got pretty cold this week's story for the green voice is about frugal gardening you know how cheap i am uh, I, I think i had a line in there uh, gardening cheapskate and proud trash picker. <laughs> uh, so last year I did a lot of experimenting uh, to save money on just basically growing from seed and lots of direct sowing. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'd start earlier in the greenhouse, but I wanted to do some direct sowing of things like zinnias, nasturtiums, morning glories. You know, morning glories for some gardeners are like invasive. In my garden, they're not. I don't know why. Uh, one I talked about last week called balsam which is an old-fashioned type of impatient that just grows kind of tall and grow anywhere, and you can throw the seeds anywhere, and they'll just go crazy. Of course, Mexican sunflower, always talking about that, and other sunflowers, those were direct sowed. But I did a little bit of early sprouting, too, uh, where I would just 
Well, put them in a little clamshell container and with some wet or moist planting mix and let them sprout when they wanted to sprout and then just transplant them into the garden. That's uh, kind of a fun little winter project, actually, winter sowing, where you can get these clamshells from the grocery store, whatever was in them before, blueberries or whatever. They've got drainage, and so that's what you need. You can put a little moist mix in there, and whatever you seed it is, anywhere from the cool weather crops all the way through tomatoes and peppers, you can put them in there, stick them somewhere outdoors, It's just and, and they'll sprout when they're ready in the spring. And uh, that's a, a fun little project. If you're looking for something to do, um, you know, during the winter, uh, I'm I'm working with lots of plants on the windowsill. Uh, actually, going to be on Pittsburgh Today Live Tuesday this week, uh, doing a, 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 a whole segment on amaryllis and paper whites. And I have accidentally figured out how to overwinter paper whites so that they rebloom. I had never done that before, and it was complete by accident, so I'll be talking about that on Tuesday. If you've got a garden question you can't get through, you're too shy to call, go to DougOster.com. I answer all my questions after the show for an hour, but uh, this is this, this time of the year. We don't get a lot of callers, and I'd like to continue what I started on Facebook. If you want to talk to me about how the garden helped you through this tough year, just give us a call, 866-391-1020. Rob, we ready for a break? Yeah, we are ready for a break, and we'll come back on the other side. And listen, if you want to talk to Doug on the radio, call now. All of our lines are open, 866-391-1020. You can reach us at Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And he's got some questions lined up that he got recently, as he always answers questions after the show as well, too. Please stay with us. This is The Organic Gardener, DougOster.com, News Radio, KDK. All right, he'd love to talk to you at 866-391-1020. Phones are starting to pick up this early Sunday morning, the first show for Doug for 2021. Let's go to Rita in Rost Raver on News Radio, KDK. Hi, Rita. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year to you guys. You too. Happy New Year. Hey, I... I have something that's making holes around my patio. Well, what size are they? Do you, would you say? About two inches. Might be voles. Is this going on right now? Yes, it is. Yeah, it might be voles if you're getting a lot of them. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, it sounds like voles. And What do you do for it? Uh, there's an organic control called Mole Scram. Uh, it works for moles or voles. And it's granular, uh, and how it works is it's a repellent with castor oil and garlic in it. And so what you do, the, the, the trick about it is that this repellent, you can't just throw it all over the lawn because the vole won't know which way to go. We, we put it down in bands, so about a foot thick. So you would run it right along the edge of the patio so that they wouldn't want to be there. And then they'll start to move. A couple of days later, we... We put a little bit more a little further, and we keep moving the voles away from the house or away from where you want them to be, and they'll eventually work their way because they can't stand that garlic-castor oil combination. And so then they'll work their way further away from the house, and you won't have to worry about it anymore. Um, it would be nice if you could take just watch those holes for once because there's one other possibility. It could be chipmunks. Uh, well, that's and, what I was thinking because I don't think they like <laughs> they like the patio, and I got yeah. some kind of granular stuff. I don't I forget what it was called. And um, if I have chipmunks, what do I do? 
that's a whole other story. That that is oh, that, great. Is, that is that is an almost impossible situation. <laughs> I live in chipmunk heaven. It, it's it's a, like a Disney movie out there. I mean, one a lot of people try to live trap them and move them, but once you you trap one, another one moves in. Uh, keep an eye on that whole. And see if you well, there's about six in. of them, and now they move to the other side of the patio. Yeah, you know, the best thing to do actually would be let's 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 take a look at the hole. If you could send me a picture, the the voles are about two inches round, and there's usually a lot of them. Uh, oh, chipmunk is usually one hole that they use, one or two holes that they use. Uh, and we would know because if you watch the hole, you see the chipmunks uh, coming in and out. So if you can, send me a picture. We'll see if we can figure it out specifically. But I'm, I'm guessing it's one of those two things. All Thanks right, let's keep, let's keep it going. Let's say hi to uh, Nancy in Mount Lebanon for Doug on News Radio KDK. Hi, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hey, Doug, I've got a uh, tropical hibiscus in a pot, which I keep on the patio in the summer. And I bring it in for the winter time, and it's blooming. Normally, it's it's dormant now. So, is that going to mess up the cycle for blooming in the summer? You know, it's it's common for them to do that to bloom on the inside. I, I want to talk to Mrs. Noto about this when she comes on because I think she always says you shouldn't let it bloom or you should take the blooms off or something. But I don't. I like to. You know, I would never <laughs> remove the flowers. Uh, it okay. might slow it down in the spring, but it'll get going again when it when things warm up. I, personally, I would just enjoy the the flowers. I'll be interested to see what Mrs. Know It All says about that, though. And and don't worry about it. is that plant getting too big to move in and out, or, or or how are you doing that? No, it's sort of a topiary. It's on a standard, mm-hmm. and I think maybe this spring I will repot it in a slightly larger pot. But it's real doable right now no that sounds good because usually eventually they just get too big i had one again this year i mean it was beautiful got it cheap at the end of the or at the end of the the tropical selling season i was able to use it most of the summer uh but it was just it was too big to move in i let the i let the frost take it but enjoy the flowers is it uh, what color are the flowers uh kind of a pinky fuchsia Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, they're very pretty, but I thought, well, now I'm gonna, it's going to be bare all summer, and I won't be able to enjoy it, but I don't, we'll see what I don't happens. Think so. I don't think so. We'll talk to Mrs. Know-It-All about it. I, I know she has an opinion on this because we talk about tropical hibiscus all the time. All right, Thanks again for your call. Let's go to Lynn in McCandless for Doug Oster. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hi. Happy New Year, Doug. I uh, just wanted to ask you about Pachysandra. We have a like a bank of Pachysandra and some myrtle and ivy mixed in there. The summer was really hot, and I was a little remiss in not watering it like I should. I've got a lot of patches in there now. Should I buy something to boost it? Should I wait and replant some in those patches? Like where there was more shade, it's better. But what took the heat of a lot of the sun this summer is just not looking too great. I would just wait until the spring, see what happens. I mean, Pachysandra and those other plants you mentioned, they're tough as nails. If you really wanted to do something, I wouldn't plant anything in there because those plants are all going to spread and cover that up. And in the spring, if you really wanted to, you could throw a little all-purpose granular organic fertilizer on there, something like a, a garden tone 
Uh, it's easy to find. Espoma makes it uh, easy to find. It works. It's inexpensive, like eight bucks a bag. And you could just sprinkle that in there, kind of rake it into the, you know, around the plant, and they'll take off. They'll fill up those those holes for you. Uh, I I'm one of the the people that just loves Pachysandra. Pachysandra to me looks like all those gardens I grew up with. That was a kind of an old style ground cover, but it's indestructible, beautiful. It flowers. Uh, not everybody agrees, but I think it's a great plant, and I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, you're going to have this whole winter of rain and snow, and it'll be ready to hit the ground running tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow in the spring. And, <laughs> I wish uh, tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. Garden well, like I said, it, if you're if you're looking at it a, a a month into it, and you're not seeing what you want to see, throw a little fertilizer on it, and it'll it'll go to town for you. Okay. Okay, garden tone, and who makes that? Espoma. You can find it any garden center or nursery. Very easy to find. Okay, thank you, Doug. Thank you. All right, what we're going to do now is step out for a bit of a break. We've got Boris coming up, bottom of the hour, with a look at some news. Then we'll get back, and Doug's going to be here for a couple of more segments. We also have Mrs. Know-It-All waiting in the wings as well at about 45 past the hour. Another look at sports coming up as well. Latest on this AccuWeather that's pretty much going to be rain that'll turn to some light snow by midweek. Temperatures uh, throughout the day right through the end of the week in the upper 30s to low 40s. And it's going to be rather pleasant at night as well, too. So going to be a nice week weather-wise. Might get a little uh, liquid sunshine, but all in all, that's pretty good stuff. In the meantime, uh, we also have a lot more coming up today on this radio show that is Rob Pratt Sunday. Along with Doug and I for the rest of this hour, it's Joe and Frank Dentici and I, the Coons Cooking Hour, the first of the year. And it's always low-cal, healthy recipes, protein, produce, and more from Coons Quality Foods. Of course, those eight great locations to find the one nearest you. Click on CoonsMarket.com. Kirk Carlson and company, Mr. Meredith off this holiday weekend. Heffron Tillotson, your money in you. Of course, the morning commentary begins the first hour. Two hours of taking your phone calls to help you build a stronger financial portfolio moving into 2021 and beyond. And also the second hour, we'll start off with Jamie Meredith in the Ask the Advisor segment. And then the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show will wrap up our day today. And of course, the second hour dedicated to the National Football League. And we'll break down the Steelers, who are an eight and a half point underdog to Cleveland today at one o'clock. 727. Back with more in a moment. News Radio KDKA. Good morning. Yes, he is with your Pratt Pack. And of course, it is Sunday morning, the first organic gardener show of 2021. Tenth caller right now wins a Janoski's gift certificate worth $25, 412-922-1020. Right back to the phones. If you have a question for Doug, before Mrs. Know-It-All gets in here in the next segment, you need to call us now, 866-391-1020. Here's Mary Lou in Munhall. Hey, Mary Lou, good morning. Good morning. My question is very simple, but and I, I'm so, I've been gardening for uh, over 50 years, but I never, I'm curious about the answer. Does ivy growing up a tree harm a tree? Well, that is a great question. Uh, when I ask that question to the experts at Davy Tree, they say yes. Uh, that that we we shouldn't have anything growing up uh, a tree like that because it can negatively impact it. Now, that being said, I do have some out in the the forest with some ivy and then some other vining, uh, like a climbing hydrangea growing up one. Uh, So, yeah, the experts say, Say that you should not have a vine growing up a tree like that, uh, and so 
what are you looking at? You got uh, old trees with lots of ivy on them or what? No, no. I have an old pussy willow tree that's about 20 years old. And the ivy just started growing up a couple years ago. And I could probably keep it. I could probably maintain it, like, just a couple feet up because it's so pretty. Yeah, you know, for a tree like that, I, I, yeah, I would be... Yeah, it's you know, like it's a common tree. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I wouldn't want the ivy growing up it, but if you like the way it looks and you don't you don't see any negative effect on the pussy willow tree, uh, uh, I think you'd be okay. All right, let's uh, take a look at some of these. Uh, we have no callers right now, so if you want to join us, 866-391-1020. No dollar bank instant access messages. So what about some questions after the show recently that you've gotten, Doug? Yeah, I got one from Lonnie, which I thought was interesting. It just said, uh, best yellow tomato to grow and can. And I thought that was uh, an interesting question uh, because I don't often hear people trying to can yellow tomatoes. And he might want want the yellow tomato because many yellow tomatoes are less acid, but not all of them are. And so I did have a couple ideas uh, for, for canning tomatoes. One of the, the things that is happening nowadays is uh, a trend for bigger tomatoes for canning uh, because you don't have to process as many. Uh, and one tomato that, that is a favorite of many, many growers is called pineapple. And it's not pure yellow. It has red streaks in it. Uh, but it's a meaty tomato, a big tomato. Uh, and, you know, that's a, you, you want meaty for, for a sauce tomato. And pineapple just has the most amazing taste. Uh, but it's not a standard canning tomato. There's one called golden fresh salsa now, this isn't a huge tomato, uh, and I've grown the, the red version of this, just called Fresh Salsa. It's from the uh, uh, breeding program from Burpee. Burpee has a pretty interesting tomato breeding program, and I've been watching it for the last 20 years, and they're coming up with some cool stuff. So uh, Fresh Salsa, the red version, uh, is really meaty you know, very few seeds and uh, a nice skin. So golden fresh salsa would be one. Another one from the Burpee breeding program is called is called Tangerine Mama. And uh, one of their introductions was the red version was Big Mama. And again, that was kind of a start for people really in mainstream looking at bigger tomatoes to do their canning. Uh, as I said, just so there aren't quite as many to, to process uh, and Tangerine Mama is a new hybrid, uh, really prolific and bigger tomatoes. And then there's an heirloom that is, is really a cool tomato. I've grown it a couple times. It's called Jenna Lee's Golden Girl. And Jenna is spelled weird. It's D-J-E-N-A. And that's from a friend of mine, uh, Gary Ipsen, who runs a company called Tomato Fest. This golden tomato, it it's just one of those family heirlooms, but it won like the Chicago State Fair, like 10 years in a row in the 1930s. And so uh, it has a, it, it has an amazing flavor. I love the flavor of this tomato. Uh, they're smaller, uh, but they are pretty meaty. They'd be good for, for canning. And then I got another question. Uh, I thought this was funny from Barbara. Uh, she, she's talking about how she appreciates all the information on the show and she says, unfortunately, I'm heading to Florida for the winter. That doesn't sound unfortunate to me. I told her, I said, good luck in dreary old Florida. But she grew gladiolas this year, and they bloomed out real nice for her. But the, 
the green leaves are still up. And she didn't know if she cut them back or not. And so with anything with a bulb like that, if if you can, leave the foliage on for as long as possible because that foliage is going to feed the bulb. It's funny about gladiolus. You know, 20 years ago, we were digging them out as a, a tender bulb and storing them and then replanting them. In the last, I don't know how many years, maybe 10 years or so, we haven't had to do that. It hasn't been cold enough to kill them, and so they've become a perennial bulb for the most part. I'm sure like a polar vortex would shut them down, and that would be it. But, you know, when you get more than one year out of a gladiola, I can't grow them. I don't have the sun to grow them, but I think they're one of the most beautiful flowers. And then there was one other question which I thought was really interesting from John. He had, you know, at the, at the store, picked up a couple bags of crocus. He didn't realize that they were the fall-blooming crocus, uh, which are actually planted in the fall. Uh, but then they bloom not in the spring, but a, a whole year later in the fall. And they are, they are stunners. Uh, you know, it's, it's so cool to, it, it's a, uh, to have that uh, beautiful color. It looks like a crocus, only it's bigger. Uh, many are pink. Uh, those are the ones I've seen. I actually, when I fish out in Indiana County, uh, every fall I'm so excited to drive by this one house uh, on a side road that you know it's just in the middle of nowhere, and it's just there's a hundred fall crocuses there. I've got to stop there. I've got to stop there one of these falls, and and just say this is the most amazing thing. But okay, so he has his fall blooming crocus bulbs, but they had growth coming out of the top. And so, you know, he hadn't planted them yet. I thought it was too cold to plant. I told him to pot them up and and put them into to like a cold garage, and hopefully they'll just go dormant and sit there for him until he can put them in the ground. Uh, you know, it's I just I think it's just too, it's too late, uh, and the ground is too wet, and it's been frozen, and now it's thawing. Uh, I think that's a better way to do it. You know, a lot of times with garden questions, there's lots of different answers. And sometimes there's things that you, you just you have to think it through, like, oh, let's see, fall-blooming crocus, how would I do it? Uh, and so I think, yeah, just put them in a, a cold garage like that. Uh, I'm really looking forward already to the spring season. In that uh, unheated greenhouse, I'm doing this, that sort of clamshell gardening that I talked about earlier in the show where I'm, I've planted seeds of cool-weather crops all in different containers, cover them in plastic, and as I said, they'll sprout when they want to sprout. When, as we get these days get longer, as the angle of the sun changes, uh, when it hits that greenhouse a certain way, you get to uh, February, maybe even into March, it could be 25 degrees outside, but 80 in, in the greenhouse, and that's when I think some of these cool weather crops will sprout and i'm just i'm just looking forward to to doing it all over again all right short break and then we're back after sports and mrs know-it-all this is the organic gardener news radio kdk good morning well dog it is that time again so do the honors please all right time for mrs know-it-all that's horticulturist denise schreiber and denise before we talk about your resolutions what is your opinion of uh tropical hibiscus blooming inside because i know you have one uh Absolutely, you have to take off the flowers. I know people want to see flowers right now, but you've got to take them off. That's a great place for thrips, aphids, mites to hide. I like to keep it in a bright but very cool room. As long as it doesn't go below 50, the hibiscus is fine. 
and I always like to cut it back, actually, uh, in the spring when it starts getting more light and everything. It'll really push out growth. You'll actually have a bigger plant. But right now, eh, no, don't have after, it bloom at all. And after all these years, you still have garden resolutions? Yeah, you you still got to do it. Well, things change in the garden. Uh, you know, we now have more pests and everything. You know, that sort of thing. Trees get bigger. Uh, I actually had one of my trees take a heavy hit during the last big snowstorm and broke a branch off. And I can't get to it right now, but I'm going to have to get up there with long pole pruners to actually cut off the branch. So, yeah, it's a good idea to have new resolutions to see what you're doing. So I'm going to tell people, go scout your landscape once a week to see if something needs pruned, weeded, sprayed. You know what? Take a little notebook, take your phone, talk into it, and that way you know what to do. Fertilize once a week. And we had this conversation. Yeah. No matter what, unless the plant requires it. I'm terrible about fertilizing. I really have to, yeah, i got to fertilize. Pick a day and do it. You know, the only exception is if a plant doesn't require it. And I don't care if you use a liquid fertilizer, a granular fertilizer. Um, I like to supplement granular fertilizer, however, if we have the heat like we did last year. And then... Yeah, know, wait, say that again. What, what do you do uh, if, I, if we have like that, that heat again? What, how did you fertilize? Um, in, usually like my hanging baskets is what I use a slow release in. Okay. And because they're out and away from the house they're not actually on the house and so with when we start having high heat or a lot of rain we hope we get rain this year that it actually uses a lot more fertilizer that's already in the soil so it'll wash out uh, with a lot of rain or the plant will take it up faster if it's very hot anything else on your resolution list oh yeah you know what take it you know kind of write out a little calendar just for a week so one day you know go prune weed one day scout one day you don't have to do it all at once and then that way you go out and spend an hour weeding and then you have the rest of the day to actually you know spend some time enjoying the garden um if you have a vegetable or a flower garden plant what you can take care of you know like people your stomach's bigger your eyes are bigger than your stomach Uh, so, you know, and then it starts looking like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have planted that. I can't take care of it. But always make sure you try one new thing every year. It, it's good, you know, or change up if you're growing tomatoes. Add a new tomato rather than just the same old one that you're going to have every year in the garden. Uh, get a soil test once a year for your vegetable and flower garden. And you should get a soil test for your lawn as well just because weeds will thrive in a um, lower or higher pH depending on what weed it is. And you don't have to do your lawn every year, uh, but you should do your vegetable or flower garden every year. And if you moved into a new home or, you know, it's just one with no trees, plant a tree. Get one that's appropriate. All right, Mrs. Know-It-All, good stuff. Now I'm going to write down all those resolutions, and we're going to check back with you in July and make sure that you you, you follow through on doing them yourself, okay? All right, thanks so much. Hey, if you didn't uh, get through or if you're too shy to call, give uh, you can ask your question at DougOster.com. Just go to the contact form, and I see I already got some questions in there. 
Uh, you're not bothering me. This is my job. Ready to call it a day, Rob? Call it a day, buddy. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, we'll talk to you next week. Always good to spend the hour with you as we roll on to our number four already, folks, on this uh, Sunday morning. And coming up next hour, it's uh, low-cal healthy recipes from produce to protein and more. Everything in the grocery aisles at Coons Quality Foods, Coons Market. To find the one nearest you, click on CoonsMarket.com to help you start the new year off right. Feeling healthy, feeling strong, and ready to grab this thing that is the world by the horns. So get ready, folks. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. And don't forget, all of you that call in and share a healthy recipe with us next hour, we will draw some lucky listener's name at random before the top of next hour, and you will take home a $25 gift certificate from Coons Market. Joe and Frank then TC in just a couple of minutes. And then it's Heffron Tillotson, your money and you. And then coming up, we'll wrap up our day with the two full hours of Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. And we're going to start driving more phone calls on that program. In the first hour today, we'll talk about the future at quarterback for the Steelers. And is Mason Rudolph, even in the conversation, and is how important this game for him today and his future as a Steeler? Or could the Steelers look to be going outside the organization to bring the future in? Maybe someone like a Carson Wentz out of Philadelphia who hasn't been happy of late. So we got a lot to get to today. Thus, we'll take a complete look at Week 17 when we pick our weekly winners against the spread in the second hour. News next. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.